top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's up, everybody? It's another 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. You tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box. We're here. We're back. Uh, it's another week, man. We're uh, we're here with you, and uh, I'm your host, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. That's right. Is, is it a little dark in here? I think I think my lights my lights need to be... It's uh, warmer because it is, it's fall. It's, it is. It's, it's going into holidays. I know. It's got that warm... It's all the, the, the leaves are turning. Yeah, the hearthy Got the fireplace feel. going. Oh, nice. I don't know, but uh, hey, Knox just Subbed subscribing. Up solid. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, shout out's already going out in the chat. Sam about to rock the show on his Apple TV while he's getting on the treadmill. We got Tony Garrett tuning over on uh, Vince YouTube. Vince subscribed again, too. Vince getting nice. that re-up, that November re-up. Got to keep Vince. those sick emotes foreign that's right. film that's right those foreign film emotes i know he's gonna he's gonna blast them in the chat here of course uh showing off to everybody and Old if you chat guys blaster they call chat blastington uh the second but uh if you guys are listening at home on a podcast or something wherever you get your podcasts be it spotify or uh tuned in or google or apple music or whatever and you're not you're like what are who are all these people every monday night 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. We film this live. Um, we have a chat chat bar, box, room, uh, and everybody from YouTube, Facebook, Live, and Twitch can join in on the fun, and you can too. So uh, check us out over there on those media platforms. Um, what's up? Adam Zimmerman tuning in on Facebook. He he's uh, he sent us a message uh, in one, uh, off, off live and was like, uh, I always never get a chance to um, tune in live, and he's mm. like, I always want to comment, but here he is live. Yeah, turn on tune turn in. on those notifications and subscriptions. Get the get, get it. it. Let it be known to you what time it is that we do this. Yeah. Well, uh, and also coming in late, we've got the uh, the the old producer. He he's in the house just just hanging out uh, over there. He didn't even tell me that uh, he was coming. He just walked in the door. I thought it was Jake, and it's not. <laughs> no um, one told him he was going to be on camera. Well, either. I have the whole I have the whole studio set up for for like me to push all the buttons and all the doodads and the hoo haws and the ping bongs and all that wow, shit that be we do. Careful who's hoo haws and ping, <laughs> ping bongs we're touching. touching. But uh, but then the producer rolls in and he's just like, "Yo, what up?" And I'm like, "Well, now I got all the stuff turned around and turned around for you, um, put you to work, dude." But uh, it's uh, here we are. We're in the studio. It's good times. Um, anyway, uh, tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about some movies. We're going to be talking about, uh, unfortunately, talking about Disney Plus Day, which is a thing, and I'm going to make fun of it um, mm. for a good chunk of time. Um, but uh, but I went and saw the French Dispatch over the weekend. Oh, I'm going nice. to be talking about that later in the program. Uh, what about you? Did you see any Indian films or no, anything? Uh, but nearly just as good. I did watch the uh, new director's cut, Rocky Four colon Rocky versus Drago, uh, in the movie theater during its one time only showing, 
complete with a live interview of Sylvester Stallone preceding the movie. So Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that in the uh, second half of the show. And Sam asks, are y'all in the bathroom from Saw? Yeah, it's, it's kind of yellow in here. I didn't get a good chance to like set the lights and do the color temperature. So you're just going to deal with it. Because I'm the boom op. I am the, produ- the director. I'm the cameraman. I'm the Twitch mod. I'm the, I'm the all the things. And I just, just didn't didn't have time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Um, well, let's let's uh, jump into the news. There's a lot of stuff that kind of was announced over the past week. Um one of the most disappointing bits of news that I don't know if you heard about this, and uh, I feel like we had kind of made fun of this potentially happening, but it uh, is really happening, and that is the Roadhouse remake. Mm. Uh, I know. Same sound. Same sound that I made. Um, no. <laughs> it's just, you know, Roadhouse is one of these... You can't remake, like, Wade and Dalton and have... You can't. Like, total cool boys in 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 Texas whooping Thanks, ass. Um, you know the thing about the thing about Roadhouse is um, it is like the quintessential B movie, over the top, punch and kicking. I mean, if, if you remember like TBS's movies for guys who like movies, it was whoever was the a producer on that station watched Roadhouse and said. Hey guys, I got an idea for a series of TV or movies on TV, and it's <laughs> yeah. we're gonna start with this one. And Roadhouse, I mean, it's just like you know, every person that's ever worked in a bar has watched it's one a- of two movies: Roadhouse and Cocktail. And this is one of them. And do you do you know the do you know the three um, the three Dalton rules of bouncing? Uh, show up with a car that you don't mind having the shit kicked out of. <laughs> no. Don't live at your own place. Yeah. And uh, uh, what no. was it? It was what? rule number one. Make sure you know Wing Chun. Rule number one, never underestimate your opponent and to expect the unexpected. Rule number two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless absolutely <laughs> in that necessary. Movie. When he rips the dude's throat out, and he's like, Glock! Well, that was outside. And because that, was that outside. guy came and, and attacked it at the place he was living. And then rule number three, be nice. Even if someone gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, you got to be nice. That was, that was rule number three. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry for ears in the morning with earmuffs. And uh, the guy goes, well, what, if, uh, what if somebody calls my mom a whore? And she goes, well, is she? <laughs> and uh, it's just such a great monologue. It's so good. Uh, that movie is so good. Don't remake it. And do you know who they're going to cast as the lead? As Dalton-ish character? The Spider-Man kid because they're putting him in everything else. Well, close enough. Jake Gyllenhaal. What? No. What? I know. No. I know. He's no Swayze. Um, uh, Bobby Mazzetti says Roadhouse Who? wasn't a B movie unless you think fifteen million dollars is a low budget. So I mean, you're uh, you're right. Can they it's still not have a... Sam Elliott come in and be Sam Elliott again? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he can if he can uh, punch people uh, in the uh, same. He, he barely did in the first one because the whole thing was that he just got whooped on. He's just uh, gonna come around and talk like this at people. Um, you know, it, it, it did have a $15 million budget. It made $30 million at the box office. It's It was supposed to, I mean, Patrick Swayze, Sam Elliott were at the top of their game. Um, but it got lost in in the annals of time. Uh, you're right. It, classically, it's not a B movie. But there are a lot of B movies that become B movies because they kind of become lost 
two generations. Like, you know, uh, Army of Darkness was not technically a B-movie, but most people classified it as a B-movie because it was a sequel to a, fran- a franchise of B-movies. I think any and Sam Raimi movie is really a B-movie, and he just got lucky with Spider-Man. Yeah, it's probably true. But, um, but Bobby, you were, you were correct. Uh, technically, it's not a B-movie, but... That's what people uh, refer to it as. Because anything that kind of just gets stuck on TBS Superstation, um, except for Bond movies, uh, or, or that was TNT where they did Bond Fest, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, it was like 700 Days of Bond or whatever they would know. do back in the day. Um, they were both Turner Networks. Who knows, man? I don't know. Ted Turner. Uh, the ultimate bro. But, uh, yeah. So... I don't think this is necessary. I don't think anybody needs to see a Roadhouse remake, especially not this guy. But it's been greenlit, and they are um, they're moving forward on this thing. Uh, directed by Doug Lemon, so um, or Lyman, excuse me. Uh, he's going to be working out. Anyway, uh, what else did I want to be at Lemon? It 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 is. It absolutely is. Did you hear about the um, the Halo TV series? <laughs> I just watched a trailer uh, for it today. I'll let, you, I'll let you take over then. Oh, well, no, I mean, that's all I, I had. I just saw a trailer. It's going to be like, um, it was on a Turner network, wasn't it? It's going to be like a TNT or some, something or another, how right? Did, how did you feel about it? I mean, I don't, dude, I like Halo a lot, you know? So uh, coming up on the 17th for um, 11 17, because it's one more one than 117 in the John 117. Uh, Samsung's doing a big thing because they made a new grapple hook and you can actually mess with it. Uh, watch their Twitch channel on Wednesday. But uh, I don't. I like Halo. Uh, I've liked the movies. You want to watch movies. a TV series? Hell yeah. Every week? Just, oh. oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah you can I mean, as long as it. it's about, you know, the Spartans and, and Master Chief and cool stuff, which the trailer showed Master Chief putting his armor on. Uh, I think the greatest Halo show ever done was the first two seasons of Red vs. Blue. No, no, no. (laughs) Those Uh, are fun! The Forward Unto Dawn movie is really good. Uh, The um, the animated movie with uh, the original Spartan squad uh, led by um, John is really cool. Um, There's a couple of fan things that have been made that have actually turned out pretty good. Um, Red versus blue. McLean no. just even mentioned it. So and no, the the real ones, the ones that stick to the Spartan stuff. Though uh, a lot of red versus blue got brought into lore, so who knows? Uh, Man, I, don't, do? I, mean, I like Halo. I think it's sick. It took me a long time to buy into it and and become uh, super stoked about it. But I am, and I'm always pumped about it. So I think it could end up being really cool. Um, it looked good, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm not a. I, I played the first two, and that's about as far as I got. There's not uh, anything you can do with Master Chief where you're like, oh, well, there's no way he can do that. Yeah, there is, man. In the books and comics, Master Chief can do anything. I mean, it's like what Halo two or three opens with him just like plummeting from space and then <laughs> crashing into Earth, and he's all froze up, and they go, oh, let me just computerize, and he's good. You know, so there's not much that Spartan can do. Well, in other news, um, you know, I've been talking about this for a while, the uh, the IATSE deal. Um, and for those of you that are just tuning in and don't know what IATSE is, well, uh, it is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. It's one of the bigger um, 
film unions in the country, uh, and they've been kind of uh, catch you up. They've been threatening to go on strike because of all the 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 bull crap that's going on in the production world with the new media deals and you know Hollywood getting getting just real gross and streaming services getting real gross and all this other kind of stuff. But uh, they came to a kind of a deal. Uh, a lot of people are kind of saying it's. Uh, yeah, there were some victories made, but it was a, it was too little, and um, <clears throat> they, you know, have made some improvements. There was a, a, a few minimum wage improvements uh, on, you know, um, I think in my notes it said local 871. It doesn't apply to everybody. It only applied to low-paying positions like writer's assistants and art production coordinators getting a bump from like $15, $16 an hour up to like 20-something. Um but it uh, ended loopholes. The, one of the biggest things, the, the, the victory was, it ended loopholes on turnarounds. And turnarounds are the, um, the periods of rest that you have to allow a film crew member to have. So, you know, the thing about working on a film set is you work when the light works you know if you're doing exteriors well you can't shoot a daytime exterior outside you gotta you know you're you're always working you're you're, you're fighting the light interiors oh you can do day for night you can do all this kind of stuff um, but most people try to shoot when the time of day it is in the shoot um, and they try to push those days so what is a pretty common in 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 film is you know they'll work you till like midnight Two, three, four a.m. and I'm like, guess what? Nine a.m. call time, and you're like, that just gives me enough time to get back to my hotel or wherever I'm staying, shower, sleep for a couple hours, wake up and get back here and pull another sixteen hour days. So they have made a minimum. It used to, I think, be a six hour minimum to, but I mean, most people got an eight, but they they bumped it to a minimum of ten hour turnaround. Uh, so that's pretty cool because that's unheard of because most people do eight. Eight was like the max most people would give you uh, an, an eight-hour rest between your next shift. And it's like, okay, that's literally just enough time to go home, sleep, and come back. Um, so movies are going to take longer. Or yes. they're going to have more than one crew on rotation. Mm-hmm. Having double units. But, but you know, that's where other union deals come into play. Um, you know, like the Transpo, you know, the... the, the um, the Teamsters, they, uh, you know, they, they, their, their union is rock solid. Uh, you don't, you don't mess with the Teamsters. But anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm gonna keep following it because, um, you know, it is something that is still unfolding and is going to really, really affect uh, movies and movie making as we know it in the in the coming years. Because I mean, you know streaming services are really affecting everything, uh, and the, the the deals that were in place were for theatrical, and they're trying to retrofit this stuff, and it's just not working. And speaking of streaming services, I guess that's a time to jump into Disney Plus Day 2021. It's the two-year anniversary of Disney Plus. They did a Disney Plus Day. The previous one was kind of a big ordeal. This one was a little weird, kind of disappointed a lot of people because it was all on Twitter. And one of the most hilarious things to me, which again, something that I've talked about on the show for years, is how dangerous it is to have everything on the cloud and from the networks and the service providers, you know, like the, the production studios, because then they hold all your stuff hostage. Disney Plus, get this, like all of their, uh, their teaser stuff and trailers, they were putting behind a paywall. 
Like they were giving you a discount to sign up for Disney Plus. It's like, oh yeah, sign up for Disney Plus at this discount to see the trailers for the new stuff that's coming out. And it's like, what an asshole no move thanks. to like. I'm not gonna pay a dollar to see the She-Hulk 30 second trailer. And that's they were they were asking you to pay to see this crap. And it's like, <laughs> you know, this this is what if we are not careful, this is what is gonna happen. Is everything's gonna be behind a payroll a paywall? It's gonna be microtransactions, just like the video game industry. And that's you know that's just something I've told people a long time ago about you know um, you know video games have gotten so weird in the past ten years because you don't get whole games anymore. You get pieces of games, and then just like well let's just give a let's just put out an incomplete game and keep throwing little bits of game yeah, in there and make you pay for, for that it. Is, well, no game was ever actually complete. You just dealt with the buggy version. It's like, I never had a buggy game as a kid, dude. StarCraft was perfect. And then, don't make that face. And then, the expansion, you bought the expansion for like 15 bucks. And then you had you had an update. Boom. That's it. I didn't need four ninety nine every month for a freaking season or whatever. Like, get out of here with that garbage. Um, yeah, boo, boo, boo on you, a, a boo on you. Uh, speaking of boo, things that Disney Plus announced, um, they they teased the um, Hocus Pocus uh, Part Two, which um, uh, you know the return of the Sanderson sisters. I'm sure they'll only be in it for like maybe ten minutes, and then they'll pass the torch on to somebody no, else. Because they did like a play. Uh, they did, and, and they uh, broadcast it once. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, and it was, was supposed to be like full. Like uh, there was a lot more of them than what people expected. They got to, yeah, it was a charity fundraiser for mm-hmm. the New York, um, like a botanist club or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I can't something. remember what it was. Um, the the Arbor Foundation for New York City, but uh, everybody's really hype about it. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do because Binks is dead, and he was the best part about that movie. Uh, but Billy Butcherson is supposed to be coming back, played being reprised by uh, the the man himself. Um, so that's that's coming. Most everything else was like really weak ass Marvel um, teasers. And what do you mean? Everyone has their nostalgia hard on. They got their oh. X Men '97 coming back, and there's no way it's going to be as good as X Men. It's going we to be growing up. so X Men '97. They they're they're saying it's an animated series is going to pick up. Right where the uh, 1997 series I left really off. I really doubt that. They're probably going to have characters that weren't that didn't exist, and <laughs> they're not going to have the same voice actors, and it's going to be... Yeah, it's not going to be like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch, and like rolling up and smacking Dazzler across the mouth because she sucked. What? And Dazzler like, rules? What are you no, talking she about? didn't. She came in with her little jacket and her glasses, and she's like, you guys need fireworks? Pew! And like, uh, and then she got smacked by a sentinel, and Professor X was like, oh, yeah. what do we got to do about Dazzler? And the end. And then talking about Jubilee. Jubilee she, was she, the one in the cartoon. Was it Jubilee? Yeah. Okay, well, there... Wasn't Jubilee the one in the cartoon because they couldn't use Dazzler for some reason? Probably. I think that's what it was. Dazzler's a rock star. Hmm. Lisa says it's going to be gender bent and no violence, which you're probably 100% correct. Um, you know, uh, first, like, first episode, they're like, forget Wolverine. Here's X23. No, Wolverine's going to come out and he goes, I'm a she now, bub. And ching, uh, no, ching. And. So whatever, dude. That's what's gonna happen. X twenty three. He has a clone. He. Oh, that's right. And um, and he has a son. What's Doc his pronoun? King. Huh? What's his pronoun? Do we know? X twenty threes. 
X-23. X-23 is the, the, the little girl in Logan, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be weird and unnecessary, as unnecessary as a Moon Knight show. And Whoa, hey, Moon Knight can be super cool. It could be, but you know it's not going to be. No, because Moon Knight always starts out cool and then well, takes it's, by like They tried to do 20. that Cloak and Dagger show, and that was garbage. Cloak and Dagger's never been cool. No one has Cloak ever is, liked them. Cloak is awesome. Cloak is awesome. No one has ever liked Cloak. I liked Cloak. I thought to the Cloak. point where they always had their own comic, and no one ever really cared that they were mutants. So like, oh, I guess they're mutants so that people like them because X Men. No one's ever liked Cloak. Was cool. No. Anyway. Incorrect. Anyway, um, more what ifs, and, and the one that, that that really stood out to me as just a, I told you so. It was ever since Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was like, we're gonna get. They're eventually going to figure out a way to do a, a Groot, a baby Groot movie or a baby Groot show or a baby Groot just shoving baby Groot down your, your throat. And I was right. They announced I am Groot, the baby Groot Marvel television show. Um, so with the success of the baby Yoda show, they are now just going full bore into a freaking I am Groot baby Groot show. And that can suck my butt like, ugh. Uh, um, I don't know what. It, does anyone watch these shows? Somebody does, man. I don't know who watches these shows. They're just, I don't know. They were they Obi Wan Kenobi, Boba Fett. Who cares a Fett? I don't. It's just, you know, uh, who I cares? got rid of my uh, Hulu with live TV and just transitioned it into the Hulu Disney Plus ESPN combo thing, and I've never one time used my Disney or ESPN. It's just wasting money to waste money because that's how they do it yeah because uh, there was like cut the cable go streaming and pay twice as much as you ever did for cable um, it didn't start out that way initially it was like 40 bucks for live tv and hulu i was like sick i'm telling you and then it was like now it's 125 dollars and you get nothing also you pay for no commercials and there's tons of commercials i'm i thought i predicted this uh years ago and uh, I'm telling you, it, it, and here we are. Um, other things that I think are unnecessary. This one's actually uh, kind of interesting news. The new Predator uh, sequel, prequel, whatever the hell it's going to be. It's um, I can't After remember. After the failure of the last two, I think it's just try it again. Called like Predator Prey, uh, but it's going to be straight to streaming. It's not. It's going to skip theaters, and um, you know. I don't know. Uh, Shane Black's 2018 uh, quasi reboot, The Predator, was it was within acceptable tolerance. Bro, but, there was an Iron Man Predator suit at the end of the movie. It's because Shane Black directed an Iron Man, and maybe he just had to do it because he's just got such a hard on for Iron Man now. I don't know. I don't know what what Disney does to you when you direct one of their movies, and what kind of brain worms they put in your ear like in Beastmaster and then turn you into some, you know, uh, neutered Dorcas that just can't do anything but the biddings of Mickey, the overlord. It's like, <laughs> oh, he'll do my bidding now, slave! And then, uh, you know, and you've got like Goofy in the back being like, oh, yep, bow down! And it's just <laughs> like, it's, it's a terrible that's yeah. just i just think of the magic kingdom that's all it is is just like really evil versions of the disney squad and they're you know just not not pleasant 
but I think that's stupid, and I don't want to see it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. What up is going in the chat there? Adam says, hitting that children demographic, of course. They got to do it. Um, selling it to these kids. You know, but that's the weird thing that, that I don't understand about the way that these companies are trying to reach the kids. Because, like, well, well and you think about it. Like, the 90s was, like, kind of the last decade where studios were like, you know what? Let's make some really engaging content for kids. And then after that, they're like, let's just make sequels to the stuff that we made for their parents and see if those parents will shove it down the kids' throats for us. Well, it turns out people don't like it when you do things for kids because uh, uh, Big Bird tweeted out that he got his vaccine and that became a big friggin' issue. Big didn't Bird it? rules. Yeah, Ted Cruz was like, "No way, dude! You can't have Big Bird getting vaccinations." Even though in 1972 he was vaccinated on television for measles to help prevent that spread of disease, but dude, by God, I won't have him get a COVID vaccine. Big Bird and is the real OG. They didn't even do it on the show. It was just a tweet about it. What little kid at Sesame Street age is on Twitter being like, I wonder what Big Bird had to say today? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Better get up on it. And how did Ted Cruz instantly get like an alert from Big Bird? Is he like following Big Bird? Because then we got some problems. I think Big Bird's pretty cool, but I don't follow Big Bird on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, I don't know. Sesame Street... What was that? What was that uh, musical um, that was like a, making fun of Sesame Street? It was, uh, oh man, from I, Chappelle Show. No, it, I actually saw it. It came. It came to. It's um, like that thing. Walt Chappelle Show. Yeah, it came yeah. to Walt Art Center, and uh, I went and saw it, and it was really good. Um, but you can you can you can get the album for it. It's someone in the comments is going to throw it up there because they. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was Google. similar to that Avenue Q. Thank you, yeah. McLean. Thank you, McLean. Uh, having a cue would be a different thing today. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. You know what? Talking about sad news and stuff, though, uh, things that, um, or I guess talking about things that parents uh, and a different generation were into and, that, and, and people just aren't aware of now. Willow? Well, no. Do you know that they showed the, 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 uh, the teaser to Willow? No. That's, it's a Willow TV show. I don't know how I feel about that. No, I was going to say. No Laura Dannon. Uh, how Dean Stockwell passed away last week. What? You didn't know? My Wait, guy, oh, Dean Stockwell. Guy. For whatever reason, I thought you were talking Dean Kane, and I was like, no. Superman doesn't die. And I yeah. met Dean Kane. He's weird and really into God now. Um, yeah. No, but Dean, Dean Stockwell. Stockwell Al yeah. from... <laughs> Yeah, from Quantum like, Leap. Uh, there's the a stogie in the calculator. A 93% chance in the next episode you're going to come back as an African-American handicapped woman. And uh, and like that was every season finale where he'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, don't don't go back and watch Quantum Leap out of context. Because do not. <laughs> you'll be able to really <laughs> take it out of context. There's one famous uh, clip that I'm not going to... Uh, talk about right well here. you didn't invent the clip talk about it no <laughs> talk about it no because it has a word in it that I don't want to use you don't have to use you can you can speak around the word anyhow quantum leap very impactful really good tv <laughs> show uh uh dean stockwell actor in all sorts of things um but everybody knew him as from his... a child actor to uh till you know fairly recently uh he passed away at 85 last week he'd been acting since he was a little kid Dang. Yeah. How about Dang. it? Dang. Well, well uh, he has quantum leapt into the afterlife. And wow. 
I mean, wow, he's dead. He's not going to care what I say. Yeah, Vince is watching Quantum Leap. Nice. Very good. Right now. Uh, but talking about things that are, that are a total bummer, uh, you see there's more news from the set of Rust? No. This time, people are getting sued. Did other people die and get shot? Like No, but this one guy, the gaffer on it, uh, he so has... So for those of you that don't know, Rust was the movie where... Um, there was a live weapon, live weapon found that, its way on set. Yeah. Pierce uh, Brosnan killed a dude. What? Was it Halle not Pierce Brad, Alec Baldwin? They look the same these days. They all look like no. big, fat, double-chinned weirdos. There was a... Uh, Alec Baldwin, my bad. Pierce Brosnan doesn't look anything like that. Uh, there was a gaffer that was on set, Sergei Svetnoy, uh, and he claims that while standing six to seven feet away from the discharge of the firearm, his glasses were scratched by... Um, Whatever exited the Wait, weapon. Wait, suing because his glasses got scratched? Yeah, and 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 is he suing for his glasses? That some of the powder hit him. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, and he's suing all of the producers and stuff on the film, including uh, Baldwin. And uh, part of this is now uh, we did get a clear line of possession on the weapon from court documents due to all of these filings. So. It was handled first by the prop master and then handed to the armorer who loaded it, supposedly with blanks or whatever. And then from the armorer, it was handed to the assistant director who did yell out loud on set that it was a cold weapon prior to handing it to Alec Baldwin, who as the actor, it's already gone through three hands prior to reaching him and he's told that it's safe, but they're still wanting to sue him for him not checking this weapon that was handed to him by a prop master, the lead armorer and the assistant director who yelled out publicly for everyone to hear this that it was is a why we weapon. can't have nice things in america or yeah. anywhere or mostly america because you know in a situation like this that, that this doesn't happen very often it's like oh shit this is a tragedy someone is probably responsible mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that this kind of thing never happens again and all this like stuff needs to Protect people in the future. You know what's not going to happen? Nothing. We're just going to sue the pants off a bunch of people that you think that you can try and get money for, and then it's just going to create a whole litigation thing to where everybody's just going to keep trying to sue each other forever, and then that means insurance is going to go up even higher, and the insurance people are going to love it because they're like, dude, more money for us. And and if anything changes not to uh, to help or facilitate no. safety or protections of anybody, it's just because no one wants to get sued again. Yeah. Um but talking about onset things uh, that was avoiding a uh, uh, serious injury or death or something like that, uh, this past week, too, a TV film crew in New York rescued a 14-year-old boy who became trapped under a van after an 80-year-old woman ran him over. Dang, what was she doing driving? Exactly. Uh, it was her, and in the passenger seat, her 85-year-old husband. They both got taken to the hospital after they <laughs> mowed over a 14-year-old kid and then parked a van. Eugene, what was that? No, they parked know. it as soon as they hit this kid and ran on, on top of him, just parked the van and stopped dead on him. So this whole TV crew from uh, Gravesend, uh, which is like a, some mafia show, and they were filming it in Gravesend. Oh they God. just like they rushed over and like grabbed this van and lifted it off of this kid. Oh my God! Um, but the kid was rescued, and uh, everything uh, for the most part <laughs> worked out. Turned out and they okay. sued the shit out of those geezers. Yeah, they might be doing so. Yeah, that kid may. So, uh, but uh, total bummer avoided. Uh, still not super rad for him. 
Wow. But how about that for that TV crew? Uh, Good on them. You see that the uh, in theater news, though, that uh, Cineworld, uh, Cinema World, Cineworld, Cinema, the people that own Regal Cinnabon. Malco Theaters, uh, or Regal, Regal Theaters, uh, they announced that they had the best numbers uh, basically ever in the UK and Ireland. Uh, it uh, exceeded pre-COVID time dollar bills because more people need mon- uh, movies in the UK than ever before. But they're only at about 80% as far as what U.S. was watching movie-wise. So they're they're getting back up their U.S., uh, but uh, U.K. and Ireland, they're like 120%. They're like more people than ever are watching movies. We need to get caught up here in the States. Like. Yeah. But we're, we're doing it, man. We're getting Everybody's there. Everybody's like, I'm just going to wait for a home where I want to just not leave my house all the time. And then uh, since movie snacks are a big thing for you, you see that it was announced that Reese's is That Reese's pie? The pie. The, nine uh, inches, three and a quarter pounds. Sometimes Reese's. nine inches is too big from what so, I hear. There's only 3,000 of them being made in total. Period. I know, and they're already all sold out. They sold them out um, in an hour. Yeah, you had to buy them from yeah. the Hershey's website. By the time that the news got around to this guy, they were all sold out because you know I would have bought a whole bunch of them. Just like I could never find one of the KFC Yule Logs. Anybody out there that has a KFC Yule Log? I told you where you could get and some. And I immediately got in the car and went to go get some, and they were gone by the time I got there. Remember that part of the story? Bummer. Yeah, it was a big bummer i would have given everybody a kfc yule log for christmas it would have been amazing be like what am i gonna do with this i don't have a fireplace stink of the chicken in your home it's not the stink that's just the the beautiful aroma delicious chicken 11 herbs and i bet that those reese's though if you're one of the people that got one of those uh reese's pies Probably going to be worth more than the forty five dollars you paid for it. Oh, just dude, because they're all going to go online. It's going to be you know just like those bucks. twelve foot tall skeletons that everybody's scalping on the internet. Um, my, but the deal is, is I would buy it and not eat it. I'd give it away because I think the big cup is just too much peanut butter. I can't imagine a whole freaking pie that's the size or a, a Reese's cup the size of the pie. That's you know that's probably what three inches of 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 peanut butter. It's hefty. girth. Yeah, hefty. Like yeah. that's a that's a beast. Um, Sam asks, "Have you seen any ecto cooler anywhere? Ecto cooler? You can't. It's not going to be available in stores. I actually was going to talk about this today because I do like ecto cooler. I've thought about trying to recreate it. Um, the base flavor is tangerine for those of you that ever want to make it at home uh, and 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 attempt it. But uh, it, it was like an internet thing that you got to like track it down and go to the website and do this thing, and you might be able to kind of maybe get some ecto cooler. And I guarantee it's not going to taste like ecto cooler because probably none of us even remember what ecto cooler truly tastes like. Um, but yeah, you can't get it. It's it's whatever. Um, yeah, next 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 year at uh, Nightmare on Block Street, I'm going to do a frozen ecto cooler. Uh, this this I I command. Uh, I'm gonna gonna totally do it. I've been working on a build. I've been I've been working on this thing in the secret lab for for over a year now, trying to perfect this recipe. But I can't get tangerine juice in the bulk that I need but I just found a supplier when it was too late to put it on the menu this year um, so yeah McLean also dropping the Arby's vodka which is yeah, again you can get the crinkle fry or the curly fry 
a very limited run. I can't. I can't get it. You know, I would get it, but uh, Arkansas is one of the states that you cannot ship alcohol into the state. Yeah. So, as much as I would love to do shots of uh, curly fry vodka with all of you, I'll just you'll you'll just have to deal with um, my homemade version, uh, which tastes just as good. I uh, probably better. Uh, I can make you curly fry vodka. I promise. I made a. Th- um, I made stovetop stuffing flavored vodka, um, like for last Thanksgiving, and it was baller. Uh, but anyway, anyway, <sighs> yeah. Um, Vince says hot off the presses eight hours ago. Coca Cola bringing back the high Ecto cooler in celebration of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, but the availability of it—that's what I'm saying. It's not going to be available everywhere. Last I checked. So, hey, um, I like Vince's idea. Do a smoking the bandit run for some curly fry vodka. But you can't because you can only buy it online. It's not available in stores. So well, I have to, that's like, why you got to have friends where we live. You got to have friends that live in Tulsa or Springfield or something or Chicago, and uh, mail it to me. You can mail it to me. I just can't sh- get it purchased from an online retailer and shipped to me. So anyway, uh, we're 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 getting I've too far off. Pick of it up from family that live movies. across the border. Um, speaking of Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think that was a good transition into the part of the show where we tell you what's coming out in theaters. Um, uh, uh, get me a P.O. box out of state. Yeah, I need to do that. But then I have to go drive to the P.O. box. It needs to be big to fit a bottle of vodka. And uh, It's just logistics. Um, opening this week, let's talk about movies that are coming out in theaters this week. Last week, there won't, wasn't squat. There nope. really nothing. Just not a thing nothing um but this week a lot of stuff coming out most notably finally after long waiting period of we didn't ask for this uh <laughs> ghostbusters afterlife hitting theaters the new film from jason reitman um it's you know assembling the original cast or everybody that they could manage to get into it you know um any pots in it any pots is in it sigourney weaver's making an appearance i think bill murray's making an appearance dan Aykroyd's making an appearance uh you know they're uh they're they're all they're all going to be there except for obviously egon because he's dead uh but i'm sure that they'll cgi something together well but that's like the whole synopsis of the movie right is that they're in egon's house and they're his family children and grandchildren or something like that and Paul Rudd's in it, the sexiest man alive, according to Time Magazine. Um, you know, I just, the more clips of this I see, the more pandering it looks. And, you know, like, Zool's going to be back, and Gozer's going to be back, and Stay Puff's going to be back, and Slimer's, I guess, got a, a brother named uh, Muncher or Chomper yeah, something. or something. And it's just like, yeah, the f- Jesus, Jesus. Well, if you're going to bring <sighs> Zool and Gozer and... and um, Where's uh, Vigo? Yeah, well, what was the point of the movies, really, at yeah. that point? I don't know. Because I guess, I guess I, you know, without even watching the movie and just seeing a tiny trailer, probably what happened is after the containment of the first movie, which they're probably going to completely, you know, pretend that the second movie never happened, uh, all of the Gozers and the Stay Puffs and the everything that they busted, even though they exploded Stay Puff, and there's no reason for new Stay Puffs to ever come back to life, because um, that was just a, 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 the, the form of the, the Destroyer. Thanks to uh, Ray. Thanks to Ray. But, um, you know, Egon put them all in a containment unit, and since, you know, uh, Mr. Peck came and shut these off, 
shut these all off and blew up New York. He's like, well, we got to put these ghosts somewhere. So he puts them underground uh, in the middle of nowhere, middle America, and, you know, spends the rest of his life trying to figure out ways to contain these ghosts. And then, of course, he dies, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't want to make a big deal out of it because he wants it to keep keep it secret from everybody. And then yada, yada, yada. His family moves out there. There's seismic activity, which means the ghost containment is not being properly maintained because it's been a long time. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The, the, the containment unit probably ruptures again, letting out all the same ghosts that we know and love or hate and don't need to see again into the small town community. And guess who has to save them? The kids. And the kids uh, with the blood of the ancients, they go seek out the, you know, the, the, the old Ghostbusters to get some words of wisdom. And then one of them's probably going to be like, we're too old for this shit, but here we are to collect our check. And then they're going to get proton packs and they're going to show them how to use them. And then the kids are going to go out and bust the ghost, save the day, the end. I guarantee you that's the movie from start to finish. Hey, Vince, you said the film did frenzy. You, did you clip this? <laughs> the film frenzy thing. Uh, me and my family have played it multiple times. Trying to get him to sit down for the length of a movie for something like that, a time that works for us, difficult. Difficult to do. But uh, we Trying can... to get me, Mr. Shows Up to the Show, more mm-hmm. than 45 seconds before I turn the camera on. More than. Nailed it. No, Nailed no. It. it was 28 seconds before uh, the camera came on. I've been here since seven, dog. Dog. Uh, that's right. Anyway, all right. Uh, Go play it again. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, also coming out, King Richard, uh, the new film with Will Smith, uh, which is the story of uh, Venus and Serena Williams and their father, and kind of coaching them, um, you know, from the bottom. Now they hear, so to speak, and looks like a good feel-good sort of, um, you know, biopic. Uh, a lot of buzz coming up around this movie. Looks pretty good. Um, looks like a good a good uh, performance from Will Smith. I think it's going to probably end up taking a back seat because Ghostbusters has just got so much momentum behind it. Uh, and a lot of smaller films um, that are coming out. Uh, there's a Blumhouse film, House on the Bayou, uh, a film that's probably in super limited release, has a hilarious title called Bad, Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. Um, there's a Ethan Hawke movie, Zeros and Ones. Uh, there's uh, another um, a David Silverman and Raymond Percy film called Extinct. It is an animated film, um, you know, but that one's probably going to be in limited release. But the two big ones, Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard. Hmm. Yeah, probably. King Richard looks like the more interesting movie. Honestly, it does. Um, Try and see one or both of these before next week's show. Because why watch goofy Ghostbusters when you can watch the tale of Venus and Serena becoming badasses? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, All right. Well, that's what's coming out in theaters this week. Let's talk about what's in theaters right now. Um, You want to go ahead and talk about Rocky? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Why not? We got 15 minutes. There's not too many surprises here. Um, Everybody's seen it already. Well, yeah. And that was the whole thing. So uh, Rocky Four colon Rocky versus Drago. uh, Is Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Uh, So it is the director's cut. Uh, brought by Stallone he's and uh it opened with an intro live intro him and Bing, Ben Minkowitz from TCM did an interview about Rocky the whole series and why four and what needed to be changed in four uh and why the changes were made uh he said it was the most commercially successful movie it had the biggest box office but it was also the most flawed and as a filmmaker it was the one that he did not like um 
the where it was and where it sat. Um, so he wanted to get it redone. He introduced 40 new minutes of footage. That's a lot of minutes. But it's not 40 additional minutes. Uh, there, it's It has taken away certain parts of the original version of the film uh, and edited in others, uh, mostly to restore character, drama, uh, and humanity to people uh, and to take away the robot that nobody ever liked. So Sam asks in, in Facebook, so did Polly fall in love with the robot? Well, there's no, no robot. The robot's completely gone. And in the interview, Stallone did say uh, the way that that happened was he was sitting around eating pizza at a place that had a robot, uh, i.e. Chuck E. Cheese or something very similar. And he goes, whoa, I got to have one of these in a movie. So he just threw it into Rocky Ford to ruin Polly's birthday. Um, I, you know, the thing that I... Th- <coughs> the, the, I think the the robot has its place in this movie. Sure, and and part of that's to show that yeah, where Rocky is, he's just as, stupid. It has too much money. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing in his life. He's just like opulence is. It's a page right out of the Satyricon. But he they doesn't already, know what he's doing. They already did that in Rocky Three. That was yeah, the whole point of Rocky Three was that Rocky got swept up and carried away in the fame and being champion, and he kind of let himself get soft. And Clubber was able to come and thump him, uh, but then he had to retrain and become you know man from the streets rocky balboa and and thump on clubbered lang and beat him in round four you know Mm -hmm. uh but then here in rocky four the point of it is that creed apollo wants to still be somebody and he sacrifices his life in the ring versus drago and then rocky has to take up that that mantle and fight for not just him uh, but for Apollo and for America and, and show Drago what's up because Drago, Drago is like an incarnation of the uh, you know the wall like the the, the iron the, curtain yeah the communist like force and, and uh, Rocky's here to tear him down you know yeah. and um, this movie brings all of that out more by getting rid of things like the robots uh they did add in a lot more apollo creed uh, you got to see his motivations and why he was wanting to fight drago um what made him get in that ring things like that so that when he does fall at the hands of drago uh you get why that happened and they they made it where he did edit it down where instead of holding off throwing the in the towel like drago just murked out apollo so hard that rocky didn't even have time to do it so instead of being like throw in the damn towel for like five minutes and rocky (laughs) just being like i don't know if i should you know my friend asked me not to Uh, it's a much more quick thing so it's like he he was considering it but never was allowed to have the time to think or react and then you got more drago uh so you kind of got to see him more as a person and not just a machine and and then you got more he was just a machine yeah but you got more adrian rocky you you got more of everybody nielsen uh no uh surprisingly a little bit less of her a little bit more of living in america which was nice uh vince says would you say it's a better version overall of what i've been reading is most people's consensus is yeah it's hard to say better version because I've 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 grown up with it and and watched it so many times. That's just nostalgia talking. Yeah, but it is it's a it, it's a good version. Um, I, I I wasn't upset about any of it. There wasn't anything. Oh, but what about that? Or what about this? And oh, I can't believe he got rid of this. You watch it and it's its own movie in a way. 
and uh, it tells a, a more succinct story, I, I guess. Um, far less 80s feel, uh, feels more contemporary. Uh, so I think he got his um, uh, wants across there, and it really works out. So uh, I, I took my girlfriend with me because she had never seen any of the Rockies past one. Uh, we watched two and three uh, at home and then went and watched four. Unfortunately, the spoiler of Apollo Creed getting killed at the beginning was given away in all of the interviews because they didn't expect anyone to have not seen this movie a hundred times like the rest of us. Uh, but I showed her the robot and everything afterwards. She's like, oh yeah, I'm glad we watched that version instead of the original. <laughs> so it's good. And... It's available to stream on Amazon Prime now anytime you, you want to. Yeah. yeah. So after that first initial showing on on um, Fathom the 11th, yeah, with the Fathom events, uh, they did make it uh, immediately available for streaming on Amazon Prime. So you can watch uh, either the original and or the new cuts of the movie on Amazon right now. So well, right on. Well. Um I'm going to try and keep this one short because we don't have a lot of time. But I saw The French Dispatch, uh, the new Wes Anderson film, obviously. Uh, kept getting pushed back because of the pandemic. But this is, you know, his uh, his latest foray from uh, a long journey of filmmaking back from the mid-90s with Bottle Rocket. Um, and <clears throat> this movie is, 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 is an interesting departure for uh, Wes Anderson. I mean, it is very Wes Anderson from start to finish, which... Um, can can it be something that you either really really like or something that you really really hate because he does tend to have a a rigid to the point of formulaic style um, which <clears throat> if you like the style then it makes it really really fun but if you just I, I sometimes there was there was periods in my Wes Anderson viewing which was around the time of Darjeeling Limited uh, and Moonrise Kingdom, which I have now come to really appreciate Darjeeling Limited as a movie uh, after revisiting it. But uh, it wasn't until Grand Budapest Hotel came back, and I was like, okay, Wes, I'm, I'm back. I'm digging it. But, you know, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, I think, are his greatest. Uh, but that's just the animation lover in me talking. Um, you know, the, the, he's got another one that's, that's on the way called Asteroid City. But uh, the French Dispatch is a little bit interesting because it is a series of vignettes. It's, it's um, basically three vignettes kind of encapsulated in a fourth vignette, which the fourth vignette is the French Dispatch. It's this, um, you know... A fictional 20th century French city uh, that has this little um, journalism office that makes this little uh, magazine that goes into Kansas, I believe it was, uh, about it's all about French culture and French life. And it's, you know, it's ran. The editor in chief is, of course, played by uh, Bill Murray, um, who the most of the movie is set around the final issue because he dies and they're like, how do we make this last issue? It's the first thing in the movie. No spoiler alerts. There's really nothing to spoil in this movie. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, ensemble cast, as he does. Uh, and, you know, everybody, you know, Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Jeffrey Wright. I mean, you've got Owen Wilson, Henry Winkler, uh, Bill Murray, and uh, Leah Sedo, uh, who has been on the scene a lot lately after being in the Bond films. Uh, and uh, she's, she's in this film as well. My issue with this movie, I, I enjoyed it overall, and I think the more I thought about it, the honestly, the less I started to enjoy it, because um, as a whole, 
you don't uh, one of the cool things about Wes Anderson movies is you start to kind of either completely fall in love with some of these characters in their quirkiness or you know or just really hate them in their quirkiness but they they leave an impression on you like Steve Zazu every that has left an impression on everybody and you know um uh, every character that that Owen Wilson has played in one of his movies, you know, uh, the the Wilson brothers in general, uh, you could think think their fame to Royal Tenenbaums. Um, but you know, th- this movie really didn't give anybody a time to shine, and really get anybody a time any of these characters t- just to really start to affect you. I think Benicio del Toro was the only. Um, only member of this cast that really got their character the ability to just really flesh it out um, because it was it told the story of his whole life and he was the he played this um, artist that was trapped in a um, penitentiary and he he did this modern art and Adrian Brody was this art dealer most of the movie is centered around this vignette uh, Tilda Swinton's an art dealer uh, Leia Sedu is the uh, she's like this this guard that falls in love with Benicio del Toro and it the, most of the movie is centered around this and and rightfully so because it's the most interesting of the stories then you get these little small bits by Owen Wilson which was just like a maybe eight nine minutes of the movie uh, it was his little segment and then Jeffrey Wright's um, he played Roebuck Wright's character, which was a food segment. And it, I don't know, it was just after watching the Francis McDormand led segment where it was about this, um, you know, teenage uprising uh, rebellion um, in, in this French town against the, against the grown ups. By the time it got to Jeffrey Wright's um, vignette, you just kind of, I was just kind of lost in it. And, you know, it, I love Jeffrey Wright too. And the story just, it, it just kind of felt like it was treading water for treading water's sake. Um, you know, you, 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 had all of the stuff going on in traditional Wes Anderson fashion, you know, all the, the, the multi-room pans and all the items being placed in a thing and the minutia that makes uh, uh, the formula of, of, of Wes Anderson. And the thing that I did find interesting is he chose most of this movie to be in a black and white palette, uh, which, you know, Wes Anderson is very known for his palettes. His color palettes are very much a part of his signature style. But in this one, a lot of it was black and white. And I, I, I don't know if that 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 helped or hurt it because he's very locked into a thing and you kind of want to expect it. But I, I think he did well with it because he would intersperse color at certain moments to make, you know, m- make it come in and out of, of um, reading this as a, as an article versus interpreting it in real life, then back reading it as an article. And like a lot of the black and white parts were when it was, you know, you're, you're, you're reading these, these, um, these articles in the French dish back. Um, at least is a, it was like an emotional roller coaster without the emotional connection. Um, and you're kind of right. Uh, it, it, there was just a lot of stuff going on there, but you just didn't have enough time to connect to it. And it, it just left me feeling like uh, I, I, I wanted him to pick one. And I wish that for a movie called The French Dispatch, it would have maybe cut one of those vignettes out and did more about the day-to-day at the French Dispatch because that seemed like the most colorful, interesting part of the movie. 
that was completely left on the cutting room floor in lieu of these stories that the characters that existed in the French Dispatch were there to tell. And that was another thing that bothered me because they spent the first five minutes of this movie setting up these colorful characters that were writing these things, um, like Jeffrey Wright's character. Um, you do get Frances McDormand in this one because she is the character, the writer in the She's a character in her own piece, but Owen Wilson, you know, you don't get much of him. You don't get any of Bill Murray, you know, and I, I, I just felt that that was, we were kind of robbed of it just a little bit. So, I don't know. Uh, Sam asks, how many, hey, wow, does it get? And you only got like one, hey, wow, from Owen Wilson. And uh, he got like beat up by a bunch of street kids, which was pretty funny. Because <laughs> um, he uttered those words. And they're hey, like, wow, no. hold on. They just and they straightened his nose the hell out. out of <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it, it's a Wes Anderson. It, it's one of, I'm going to say it's one of his weaker films. Um, I would rank it, if if I was going to rank it, I, man, I would put it, I would put it up there with Moonrise Kingdom in terms of how I felt about it leaving it. You know, for me, I think it's, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle of Dogs, uh, Grand Budapest, Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore, Darjeeling, Life Aquatic, Bottle Rocket, and then I'd put like this one, and yeah, uh, yeah it's just it's just down there. So um, basically, it needs to be stop motion animation, or you ain't having it. The, well, there was an animation segment in this movie that felt super out of place. It was it was not a good animation. Uh, it didn't fit. I didn't think. And um, yeah, Vince says he really wanted to love Isla Dogs, and I did. And I don't know. I think I I don't know. Maybe it's just because the the everybody thinks that I'm not a pet lover. I'm not much of a pet lover. I'm a huge animal lover, and I think there's a difference. Um, but as an animal lover, uh, I just and a Japanese culture lover, I thought that Isle of Dogs was 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 pretty good. Um, Vince says he felt like he was the only person who didn't li- love Moonrise Kingdom. I didn't love Moonrise Kingdom, so you're not alone, Vince. We do agree. Um, least favorite of his, gotta say, didn't love any of the characters, and the color palette was lost. It was more Charlie Chaplin-esque, though. The, yes, the um, it did have some kind of Chaplin-esque vibes with you know Wes Anderson's sort of um, dry, not quite slapstick, but um, you know that 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 sort of abrupt, tongue-in-cheek, dry humor that. Not quite Monty Python either, but, you know, where it's just absurdist enough to um, be comedy, but dry enough to not, like, be like, ha, 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 um, just kind of uncomfortable, fun humor. I don't know. It, it's worth seeing. I thought it was, you know, it's better It's better than The Eternals, you know, if you're going to pick a movie to go see. Don't see that shit. Um, don't give Marvel any more money, but... Uh, or Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, you know, whatever, dude. It's <laughs> you're talking with two people who really, really like Ghostbusters. It's like, don't, I mean, yeah, don't I mean, half the that. we, I mean, Jesus Christ, um, hand me my ghost trap over there. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy who really loves loves Ghostbusters. I got, I got, I got, I got Ghostbusters shit just like sitting all over the place. I don't think this has batteries in it, but you know, I got oh, my I ghost, got I got my ghost trap. I got Slimer over there. We got the the, the Ghostbusters toys right up. Where are they? I'm pointing to there. Um, we love Ghostbusters, but that doesn't mean we're we're already automatically signed up to love this because it's Ghostbusters. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, and Patrick Henry says, "Don't see Clifford the Big Red Dog." Um, 
I, I didn't really plan on it because I don't have children. And I, I actually do enjoy watching, you know, uh, family films and ch- children's films. And they can be pretty fun. But Clifford just didn't really look like my cup of tea. So, um, and yeah, at least says even diehard fans get sick of pandering. And pan, pan, who likes pandering? I don't know. I don't know. Vince wants us to, he says, work on those worsts of the year list. Well, I guess we can watch Ghostbusters for that. Yeah, there you go. Or um, Clifford. Or Clifford. The, I mean, we'll probably end up watching most of them because uh, there wasn't a whole lot, you know. And the way that the, the, the worst of list works, guys, is it's theatrical releases. So. <laughs> Sam, hand me my ghost trap. <laughs> That's got to be the nerdiest thing he's ever heard. How is that the nerdiest thing he's ever heard? Because you're on the show. Wow. And, like, where's your One Piece necklace? Oh, it's at home in a safe okay. place. I have it on in my, my safe. No, I have it on my uh, bookshelf by all my video games. All right. Well, anyway, that's our show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably talking to you about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna spend this week mentally preparing for all the pandering that's gonna happen. Um, but you know, that's we do it for you. That's how we do it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're over on Twitch, it is a new month, so you can use your uh, Amazon Prime subs. They're free, um, and it gives us money. Thanks. We'd love your free money from Amazon. So don't forget to throw those subs out, and you can get the sub as well. Um, and if you're um, listening to this on your podcast, wherever you download podcasts, or if you're watching the video and you're like, man, I don't know, I, I want to, I, I missed last week's, but I just don't have time to watch it on my phone but maybe i can listen to it on the go you can download it wherever you get your your podcast exact thought process isn't that, isn't that how you you guys think when you're driving around but anyway uh thanks for everybody that was participating in the chat um we will see you guys next week and as always i'm bo the boom operator i'm slick doggy the grip later